Anyway, focus. Pretend. All right, welcome to 1431 oh. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> really? I'm sorry. <laughs> Today we've got the Salvation Army with us, Crystal and Bobby. Y'all go ahead and say hello. 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 <laughs> it's already been entertaining before we've even turned the mics on. So. I had sugar. Yeah. Hey, that's that's what we wanted for you to come back. <laughs> Wild. (laughs) 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 So why don't y'all go ahead and introduce yourselves and just kind of fill us in on what y'all do here in Chickasha at the Salvation Army. All right. Well, we are Lieutenants Bobby and Crystal McFarland with the Salvation Army. Uh, We serve Grady and Caddo counties. Um, We basically are the pastors and administrators for the Salvation Army in this area. Um, we are over all the youth programs, church programs, social services programs. Um, what all do we do here? Youth programs. Youth it's our favorite programs, part. Treehouse Kids and yep. Arts and Music program every Tuesday for now. Next yep. year it'll be two days. Uh, church every Sunday. Church every Sunday. Bible study on Thursdays. Yep. And then our biggest thing is our social services program, which is uh, where we do um, a client choice food pantry. People come in and shop for the food items that they uh, need for their families. And then we do utility assistance. We are working on finalizing a grant for hopefully some future rental assistance as well. And then um, we have a mobile feeding program as well that's specifically for Caddo County. Emergency disaster services. We also, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Caddo County is like fourth in nation for natural disasters. Really? Yes. And so we have a mobile kitchen, uh, a, a canteen, mm-hmm. and uh, anytime we get a call for a natural disaster that occurs within the two counties that we serve, we we deploy the canteen out there and we serve. So what what consists of a natural disaster? Um, fire. Uh, man-made or, man-made or natural, natural disaster. Yeah. So yeah. we're talking tornadoes. We're talking big, the big fires that we had. Out here in Chickasha last year, we went out to feed the firefighters for that. Um, even if it's a situation where um, there's like a search and rescue and they're going to be on it for a while, anything that would help the first responders or those that are victims to uh, have the services they need, especially food and water and um, just emotional and spiritual care as well. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. We also have Alicia over here who's being awfully quiet. But, you know. Hello. I'm learning here. Just <laughs> I knew the Salvation Army um, helped a lot in our area, but I didn't know to what extent it was. And that's wonderful that you guys have the new mobile unit now. We're like Transformers more than <laughs> the <FBI. Yeah>. Hey, <laughs> Sounds like. <laughs> that's, that's a wonderful thing. We love Transformers around here. <laughs> Anyways, so another thing with salvation army is uh salvation army and myself are the co-chairs for the chickasha community alliance and so that's been a new adventure for us but uh i think i think we're doing all right so far i think it's moving along year in and we've accomplished a few little things if nothing else we've got the right resources now we yeah think. that's true <laughs> so like with that uh one of the questions is, is like what is it that we want to accomplish with the chickasha community alliance So when we moved here, our biggest thing was trying to figure out who was doing what so we could resource people that were in need and so we could see what was being duplicated so we can stop doing stuff that's duplicated and find the gaps. Uh, So that's kind of been my biggest thing, and I believe all three of us are on the same page, is figuring out what resources are available for people in need and how we can see where those gaps are, what we can do to fill them, 
um, and just making sure the community is aware that there are people that are really trying to help out as best as they can. Um, we can't accomplish everything, and that's what we come together to do. So figure out who does what, because when I moved here, I didn't know who to tell what. <laughs> when yeah. someone came in for help, I, I didn't know anything. So we started developing a resource list, and then once we started the Chickasha Community Alliance all together, we started really seeing who was doing things we had no idea about. People like y'all that had been here for years didn't even mm -hmm. know about some of these places. And, and what a response that was, too, from from Alliance members. You know, from the get, the onset of the Alliance, there had been a, a, an array of different other agencies come in and, and partake in these meetings uh, and really showing up to, yeah. to do the most good, so to speak. And, and it's, it's really been a great response. Yeah, well, I think uh, a big, and I don't know if it's a culture thing or what, but I think whenever I started here in 2020, it was kind of like, it's almost a pride thing amongst everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I do this and you do that. And, Very segregated, you know, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so now moving past that now that we're able to all be on the same page in the same room together instead of saying, you know, almost not necessarily against each other, but just being separated and not having any type of communication. Now that we have that, we, I see a huge benefit in that, just being able to talk with different members of the city. I mean, we have city there. We have, mm -hmm. sometimes we have the police department there. We've got several different nonprofits and just being able to all of us to collaborate and say what what can we do to best benefit Chickasha. So. Absolutely, I think the one of the things that kind of really surprised me the most was having people from the city involved. We've been in mm -hmm. multiple places and working together in different groups and not had any type of government type agencies. You know, when we would have the fire chief come sit in a meeting or have the mayor in a meeting, that doesn't happen necessarily in a lot of cities. So to have uh, people that represent the city at our meetings every week or every month hearing what's going on that allows them to know what we're doing so they can resource people but also so they can work on grants that we don't have access to because we're just small nonprofits whereas they can get government grants for things so yeah it's awesome and that's another thing that uh, has come forward since since we've started this is the continuum of care yeah you know them being able to point us in the right direction of different grants and us all be able to work with them not just in a city but an entire uh, this section of the it's state like southwest, yeah, southwest region pretty much i think it's like 16 counties that are represented mm -hmm. in one continuum of care and mm -hmm. now chickasha finally has a voice in that continuum like that's that's awesome well and with that comes a myriad of uh, of knowledge you know from the coc that, that helps us kind of uh, gauge our own alliances to you know how can we better assist our residents, our, our, our citizens, and, and um, maybe think of things that we hadn't thought before yeah. uh, from an outside perspective. And I mean, not to boast about it, but they keep telling us that we, we're doing pretty good from, for just being a one-year yeah. alliance. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's kind of another question is, is there a town, we haven't, I haven't really looked at anybody and said, oh, we need to do that here in Chickasha. I know that there's different groups, there's different people who try to do kind of what we're doing, but I've never actually been to any of their meetings or anything like that. So is there any other towns that y'all know of that are really doing doing it right, doing it well? Yeah. I mean, y'all have traveled more than I have for this stuff, so. I think, you know, we've been to some bigger cities that have something along this line. Um, a couple of years ago, we were in Mountain Home, Arkansas, and they did this a meeting similar to this, but it was only once a quarter. Mm -hmm. um, and I, 
and maybe I'm a little biased because no, it's organized by the three of us, but I don't feel like it was always as organized. There wasn't as much input. It was like, oh, I've got to go to this meeting because I need to go. Whereas you can tell people are coming to this meeting because they want to learn more, they want to know more, mm-hmm. and they want to do better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure there's others that we can learn from, and I think that's kind of our goal. One thing we've been looking at the three of us for the next year is how can we glean from other places that are uh, doing it well, and, and how can we bring that to Chickasha so we can just expand what we're doing and take it to the next level, because the reality is the situation's not going anywhere. We're going to deal with poverty for a while, but how can we step in together and really help these people to get to the next level and break that cycle that they're in? And, and to go further, one could always argue, you know, what is the next step? What what, what, did, what does that mean? What does it look like to go further? And, and I think, honestly, the, the ones who are in that group, in that alliance, can be the ones to kind of define that because mm-hmm. we're the ones who who serve the community we're the ones who have our ear to the ground so to speak so we we get to put the face to the names of the people of which we serve and uh and and through those actions and, and through those services we can kind of take all that information and as a group together really define okay well you know how can we really make this well already well old machine even mm-hmm. better yeah where it's long lasting it's not going to dissipate over time you know mm-hmm. and um, i think we're on the cusp of something very great yeah so today i went to a lunch with a friend i mean I, it was like a grill he grilled me on some things but uh uh <laughs> um but the thing one of the things that he asked me was what is an ideal response for Chickasha in the homeless situation and i'm like you know i mean I, of course, had an answer, but I was like, man, like, whenever I left, I was like, that's a good question. What what does that look like? What What is ideal, and how are we helping the community and everybody working together? How, how does that look? And is there anything that we need to do different as a community to, to better that situation? If yeah. I may, I want to say one thing, uh, for, and this is me personally speaking. I, I think there's a difference between people who can versus people who want to. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you want to see that there's an issue of any kind, not just homelessness, but of any kind in your the community of which you reside in, mm-hmm. then you can that's a great starting point. But if if you don't see what it is right in front of you, then you may not necessarily have a willingness to do that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's like, you know, are you turning a blind eye mm-hmm. or are you actually seeing things for face value? Yeah. And the reality is we're always going to have people that um, maybe aren't ready to Hmm. fix the situation they're in, um, depending on what it is. But for us as a group, if we're offering services, if we are making things available um, and as a city, you know, one thing we really pushed as an alliance was that community survey. And uh, the reason why is because we needed voices to say we don't have affordable housing here. Mm-hmm. We can complain about it all day long. We can complain about the drug issues. We can complain about um, not having certain services for people like transportation to get to and from jobs. But until we voice it to the right people, it's not going to do anything. So for us, I think really the best response is for us just to continue to um, build what resources are missing, finding those gaps that we've been identifying through doing point in time counts and uh, just seeing who can help fill those, having people that are willing to mentor people that need to know how to budget their money or how to um, get a job or do a job interview, finding those resources, working together, that's going to help us to combat some of it. Will it be completely gone? No, because the reality is 
we're also dealing with a major mental health crisis and there are people that are not mentally ready to be on their own or not mentally ready to um, submit to any type of organization uh, for accountability and they're okay with being where they are on the streets and for us it's just coming alongside them and providing what we can for them and loving them despite the situations they're going through because a lot of it just comes down to what they've been through mm -hmm. yeah well we're going to go to a break real quick and then after after the break we'll start off with a uh, clip from uh, governor stitt Okay, so everybody knows somebody who's needing some help, needing needing something in life that, that can really teach them something, help them get through life a little bit easier. Um, maybe just a, a partner that can tell them whenever they need to know something, something they're struggling with or something. Well, there's a place in Jigajay, Oklahoma called Life Skills Institute, and this is that place. You know, it is a fee-based program. But it's sober environment. It's faith based. Um, teaches people how to manage their money. Teaches them how to make wise choices. There's different things that it can apply to. Different people it can apply to. But it has been a tremendous program. Um, and you know everybody's got some obstacles that they've got to overcome. So this program could really help with that. Now it is a nonprofit program. So. If you're not one of those people who's needing help, but maybe you're wanting to look for a good program to invest your money in and donate to, this would be a great program to think about. If you're considering making a donation, you can go to www.lsireshouse.org. That is L-S-I-R-E-S-H-O-U-S-E.org. Or you can uh, send a check uh, P.O. Box 398, Chickasha, Oklahoma 73023, and you can just put Life Skills Institute on the check. You uh, did not renew the Council on Home, the statewide Council on Homelessness, and I, I'm not going to sit here and claim that people sitting around a table producing a report that sits on a shelf moves the needle on things in healthcare or whatever it might be. But I wanted to ask you specifically in your mind as the governor of the state of Oklahoma, as we look at homelessness increasing around the country in the major cities here, even in other areas of the state, what do you believe needs to be done? How do we get more people housed? How do we address this problem that in municipal races all over the state, people identify as the top issue facing their city? What do you think needs to be done regardless of what a commission exists or not? Yeah, well, I do need to address that. I, I was surprised with all the, the news media. Uh, I've never seen a report from that commission. That thing has been in existence for over 20, 25 years. Uh, again, uh, the, the amount of boards and commissions that just kind of get around and, and, and hit the taxpayer and you pay them for mileage and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, we needed a fresh set of eyes on there. So some 25-year-old commission I didn't think was moving the needle uh, on homelessness. But that's a that's a big big question. I mean, I know that the legislature did a really good job of putting money into mental health. Uh, it's something that's a huge focus. We have task force focused on mental health and how we can do that. We pass bills to allow our law our our law enforcement to deliver people to a mental health hospital. We paid uh, we invested in OU's Children's Center. Uh, 
the Griffin Center in Norman, we're going to rebuild. Uh, we put 80 more million dollars into that. So uh, a lot of this is mental health issues. These are, are big time city concerns, um, substance abuse. But we've got to get control of our homelessness. And the answer, the answer to that is, is, is multifaceted. And it's, 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 those are difficult conversations to have. Uh, some of it is, is, is state funded and state directed as far as the, uh, the mental health aspect of it. Um, but it's also getting, getting these people the help that they need. But it's also getting housing, right? I mean, like, you, you know, the key to solving homelessness is more people being housed and you have to have a higher supply of housing. And those are, again, very complicated. I'm not saying you should be able to snap your fingers and make it happen. But I'm curious, like, in your administration, what is next other than just not renewing the commission? Is there, are you relying on other people? Is there something else you'd like to do? Do you want to hear from experts in the field? What, what do you, you know, this isn't going away in the next three years of your term. I mean, listen, here, here's the deal. Building, building housing, giving people free stuff is not the answer. I mean, you can go look at what other big cities have done to try to house people and, and build, build, build housing or put them up into hotels. Um, people need jobs. People need jobs. They need the mental health. Uh, they need the mental health that they, that they, uh, that they need. There's the drug addiction and there's, there's people out there that, uh, um, for whatever reason, are refusing ref, refusing to get the help that they need. So uh, we have a lot of nonprofits. We have a lot of churches around this issue. We have investments in mental health. Um, we need to force these folks to get into mental health facilities. But we're not going to allow tents as long as I'm governor in Oklahoma. We're not going to build uh, housing. We're going to try to get them the help, get them the job that they need. There's so many ants on this ant pile. Um, uh, the investments in career tech on reskills training is, is, is very, very important to me and how we're investing in our different uh, educational systems. And if you want to get help, we can get you help. Uh, but if you if, if you don't want to get help, there's not a lot that, that society can do. All righty, we're back. And we've also got an extra guest here, Fallon. She's with us. Uh, and she's she's making a little, little noise over there, but that's just fine. We'll deal with that. She got something to say. But like, uh, as y'all heard on that clip just now, the interagency council on homelessness has been disbanded by governor Stitt. And, you know, with that, you know, whenever I looked into it myself, he said that his number one thing was he hasn't seen a report from them in a long time, whether that's been since he's been in office or what. But whenever I looked into it myself, I haven't seen much since 2018 of any reports that they would put online. Or anything so while that is a concern you also don't know what what things he's asking for what things are uh, are being brought brought to the table that way he can see because obviously if you look around America or look around Oklahoma today it's not like homelessness is getting any better <laughs> and whenever you have an agency like that you would definitely if I was him I would be expecting to see some some uh, solutions or some thoughts at least on what can be done how can we handle that but uh so ultimately he made the decision to uh disband that and you know how much funding was going to that and where is that funding going to now that's my big questions you know because it's not like you can just sit there and say okay well that didn't work let's put that just somewhere totally different you know hopefully he will use that to still combat homelessness and things that we need to do to to uh better the situation that America is facing right now. 
but um, with Salvation Army here, we've got a few things that he brought up that that brought up good points, like um, him saying we need jobs. Um, I think we can all agree that there needs to be people working in jobs and stuff like that. And so I, I believe, I mean, I agree with him on that as far as there's got to be a way to get people to say, okay, we need jobs. But then whenever you think about jobs, something that we face here at Resurrection House is the desire, I guess, to be on um, services from the government such as uh, disability and different things. And so our goal is to not discourage them. Well, I guess in a way, yeah, to discourage them from going down that because we want the people to realize that God created them for something. And we just need to discover what that something is so we can really find true worth. Because once you get on disability or once you get on to where you're not doing anything for yourself, you really see another level of mental health problems come on that uh, make life even more difficult. So do you all have anything to add to that? No, I agree. I mean, one issue, too, though, on the other side of it that we see a lot dealing with case management, trying to help people uh, set goals and such is, some people don't have the right identification. If you don't have a birth certificate, you can't get a license or an ID. If you don't have an ID or, or a driver's license, you can't get a birth certificate. So it starts getting a little bit more difficult uh, whenever they don't have the proper documents they need to even establish a job or uh, the other side of that is they work in a place that maybe pays under the table. So uh, they don't necessarily get affordable wages. They're just working with what they can get to make a little bit of money because they don't have the documentation they need. So um, it gets a little bit tricky. We forget about the, some of these circumstances that we take for granted because we don't, we've not had to go through some of those things. Yeah. And then, too, maybe what we see in Chick-fil-A is good, available jobs that can sustain them. I yeah. mean, if you're working at some of these, you know, whether it's retail or the food industry, they don't always pay enough for one individual to go support themselves in a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. So then, you know, what's the answer for those folks? You know, have you guys seen that yourselves? And do I mean, level up, sure, but what if they don't have that skill set yet? Yeah, you know? it's true. Well, and then, and then you get into the issue of do we have affordable housing within this community? Right, yeah. You know, especially if you have children or, yeah. you know, uh, if think about some people that have kids with disabilities, maybe someone needs to stay at home with them. Like that's, you know, that makes situations harder. Or we've also a couple of companies recently in town have done some layoffs. So mm -hmm. even one person that had been working at a company for 30 plus years was laid off. Where do they go now? Where do they start? Because they're in their 60s mm -hmm. and now they have to kind of start over with some sort of, you know, smaller job that they than they had l less pay and also adjusting their bills and cost of living going up at the same time yeah yeah so and then you know he he makes a statement talking about free housing is not the answer well i think we all don't want to see free housing due to the fact of you know there's got i mean that that's going to put a big problem in america just for less funds to be poured into you know i mean that's just how the economy works, and I agree with him, even though I do say that there's times, like here, you know, you have the shelter, and it doesn't cost anybody anything, but you also can't sit there and say, okay, well, you're going to stay in this shelter, and you're just not going to do anything, you're just going to, you know, that, that can't be the answer either, there's got to be a, yeah, we're going to help you right now, 
but we're going to help you so you can get to the next level. Absolutely. Yeah, put a timeline on it. Give them Mm -hmm. some goals. I mean, this is where case management comes in. I mean, if you have someone who can kind of guide you through those obstacles, guide you through those goals, setting those goals in the first place, Mm -hmm. and especially if you're you're someone who is maybe not be in the know of, oh, that's something that I need to be able to do to be able to have success in my own life, edify and educate them. Mm-hmm. But be there present in their lives along the whole journey so that they can, you know, be successful. Yeah. It boils down to a choice, though, if they want it bad enough or not. Yeah. And then, since he said that, you know, he also, uh, Stid also said force, we need to be able to force, or he said we need to force people to get mental health treatment and, and seek to basically better themselves. Not It's not what he said word for word, but... And while at the same time, I don't know about forcing, but there are people who need mental help and that just absolutely refuse to get help. And I don't know how, as a government, as America, we say, you have to go get this help, you know. As a faith-based organization, much like you, Mm -hmm. that means we we are ordained ministers. So as a minister of the gospel, I always say, I never want to spoon feed Jesus to anybody. Yeah. But I do want to make sure that they um, know he's available. They know that he's available. They know who he is, and, and may my actions and my words be a reflection of that. Yeah. I mean, for us, um, it's a personal thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm gonna tell Bobby's business, but it's part of his testimony, so I think it'll be okay. But uh, Bobby was in the military in two deployments to Iraq, so came back with PTSD and spent many years saying, I don't need it, coped with drinking, coped with other unhealthy habits. And uh, it wasn't until, you know, it's not all about uh, the whole religion aspect for everybody I know, but for us, but it wasn't until he really got his uh, his faith back on track that he realized there was an issue here and he was able to uh, do some counseling to see a therapist and to realize he did have some stuff that he had to work through and now I mean, he's not, he had to do medication and do therapy and now doesn't do medication. He's been able to cope in different ways and uh, it's been sober for years now. So sometimes it does take someone pointing that out to you and helping show you that you've got to do some accountability on your mental health to help you in the long term. We're, we're talking about, we've got, I think Grady County is one of the counties with the most veterans for Oklahoma, I believe is what I remember. Really? Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about veterans that are all over our community that are still dealing with some of this stuff too. So if, and beyond veterans, we're talking about people with traumatic childhoods. I grew up in that system. So we've got this crisis that's going on. COVID didn't help it. It isolated people. We lost loved ones. So uh, now just helping it to be available to people and not in a criticism kind of way, but in a, because I love you, because I don't want something to happen to you. I want you to get help because I want you here in my life. And we've so got to have those conversations it yeah. helps empowering them exactly there is hope there is yeah. help and it's available we just yeah and finding those resources yeah. because in our town we've seen the mental health issues we you know it's talked about on facebook constantly about one gentleman that we've all helped here in town um bobby said and had an hour-long conversation with him last week and um he was super nice we were able to help him with some things but he does have some mental uh, issues that he really can't get a whole lot of help on here in this town because there's not a lot of help with it and we're 
even in Oklahoma, there's not a whole lot of mental institutions left that can help with situations. Police officers are having to take them to counties far away instead of either that or just putting them in jail, and that's not the answer either. We're dealing with people with rap sheets because they need help mentally, and we just don't have yeah. the help we need here in the, yet. Hopefully that's going to change. We, In a city elders meeting not too long ago, we represented Dick Lowe, said that that's something that the government has recognized as an issue that they're they're planning to work on. So that's my prayer and hope that this really is something that they're going to work on so we can hopefully help combat this issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, Stitt had mentioned that, that um, uh, like these nonprofits and stuff are doing a really good job at helping and taking care of the homeless and stuff. But at the same time, then once you get into the government, then you're still dealing with setbacks and wanting to hold you back and wanting to be in charge of certain things and you're just like you know um with certain grants certain different things and you're like it makes it difficult to run an operation the way you feel god called you to run it or you feel that what we see is successful whenever somebody's sitting there saying no that's not how you how you, you can you know yeah. so but uh tape can be difficult sometimes but we yeah. have to figure out is it is it worth a government grant to uh, concede in our our beliefs and in our accountability systems we have in place or um, are we rather going to look and pray that our community will step up and support what it is we're doing so we don't have to take down some of those things like case management or mm -hmm. uh, faith-based type things yeah you know and y'all said something a minute ago about uh the when we were talking about forcing mental health and i, I agree 100 percent. it's not about the fact of telling somebody they've got to get help it's how we're doing it it's it's, it's yeah it's it's not it shouldn't come from a selfishness it should come from a desire to see them get help and i think that's where we we struggle yeah as a as a america as a community some people want to just see people get help and some people say i don't want that because it makes me look bad or makes my town look bad well exactly you know what let's try and help from a from a standpoint of what could that person do for us, do for our community, do for the Lord, if they got the help that they needed? Yeah. You know, and if they had, if they just knew that they were wanted. I mean, there's a lot of people in our town that I see people just throw to the side because it's, they've got issues, and instead of showing them that they're loved, their desire to be in this community, it's just like take them someplace else. And yeah, and that's hard, especially in a small town. Small town issues become seem much bigger in small towns than they are, um, but I think. Things like the Community Alliance, nonprofits coming together, churches coming together, people coming together, really just wanting to make a change. We've got some great people in that alliance, and yeah. we're seeing people show that they love people in despite whatever, filling that gap, despite their homelessness, despite their mental health issues, despite whatever life is thrown their way. They truly want to help them get back to where they need to be. Yeah, and I think with this alliance, it's definitely turned the course for what Chickasha was seeing as a community of working together to now we actually are working together and not just um, just being a resource without any other resources. Now I can sit there and Bill, you know, I can sit there and listen to him do his case management and he has a sheet of multiple resources and say, yeah. this is what you need, this is what you need. And as a case manager and as us here, he can say, hey, we're going to require that you go and see this person, you know. And then uh, over time, after people get these resources, you see them come back and say, thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for requiring that. Thank you for, uh, you know, it's such a blessing 
for all of us to whenever you go through those hard times and you're like, that's a hard conversation to have, mm-hmm. but to see the, the reward on the other side. So. Yeah. Well, for someone that grew up, I grew up in, in foster care. I was eventually adopted, but I grew up in a very poor home before I went into the system and um, grew up in that cycle of poverty. If you've grown up in it and you don't know anything differently and you have no one to hold you accountable to help you to budget your money, to help you to know who can help you to get back on your feet or who can help you to write a resume and you don't know these things, mm-hmm. some of these skills that we don't really learn about in school, let's be honest, yeah. uh, then, you know, it's us all coming together to help get that person to the next level so hopefully they can break that cycle of poverty for their family. Yeah. Salvation Army is a local resource that offers many services. Some of their main services are utility assistance for things like gas and electric. They also have a food pantry that's client choice. They offer seasonal assistance with shoes, socks, and underwear, back to school, and Thanksgiving boxes and angel tree. They're also a resource for emergency disaster services. It also offers a mobile feeding program and youth programs. If you'd like to get involved by giving, they do have a food pantry that needs food. Another opportunity would be to sponsor a kid for camp or get involved with giving for shoes, socks, and skivvies. They also accept financial donations for all programs. If you'd like to connect with them, their address is 2402 South 16th Street here in Chickasha. They can be reached at 405-224-5647. Speaking of, of kids, y'all deal with kids a lot more than what we do here. So what are some of the things that y'all are seeing that are needs here in the community that yeah. people can be praying about? Um, well, you know, for us, um, <laughs> the one beautiful thing about the alliance is we're starting to see some of those gaps. So we're, one, um, part of the reason we have a desire to find rental assistance is I hate seeing uh, single parents coming to us and saying, I'm about to be evicted and I have nowhere to take my kids. If we can help prevent some of that for people that truly are trying to help out, uh, that's one thing. Keeping families together. That's If a family is trying, I want a family to stay together as much as possible. Um, but for us, with our Treehouse Kids program, we're trying, we teach faith-based character building program. They also do arts and music, which are crucial because arts and music is a mental health outlet for a lot of people. It's Bobby, he plays piano. Uh, and when I could tell he's getting a little edgy or when he's having a rough day, I'll be like, hey, uh, when's the last time you played piano? Please go play for a little bit. Yeah, go play for a little bit, you know? Uh, helping kids find those outlets for them to be creative and express themselves in a way that's not going to get them in trouble. Well, and not just that, but, you know, music is, a, is an outlet for for situations where words fail you. Right? Yeah. Sometimes words fail me all the time. Yeah. I can uh, I can express probably better through music than that of spoken word. Yeah, hmm. not all the time, but good times. And and so this you know this program allows us to to explore those options for them and, and to help them identify those those uh, mechanisms for themselves. And, and and hopefully in time they can let it shine. 
And our character building programs are designed like, you know, a Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts kind of type thing would be, but they're faith-based badge work. Mm -hmm. So uh, we make it fun for them, you know. Uh, We did a cooking badge last year, Mm -hmm. and we taught them how they build a a menu on a budget. Mm -hmm. And we we play like the Price is Right type game with them. We laid out a bunch of different food items and let them try and figure out how much stuff costs. And when they realize how much all that food costs, like the cereal I like costs $5.24, and they realize why their parents sometimes have to say no to certain things or one kid said now i get why um sometimes we have to get the walmart version of the cereal because it's two dollars cheaper and two dollars can help us to buy three more cans of soup you know so they were it was giving them something that they were able to see something that they had not been taught before and it allows them to understand things that hopefully will help them for the future to um help them build them into the right character of, of people that we can see so we're we may not combat the curve of, of homelessness and poverty in our town overnight, but if we can change one kid's life for the future to have those proper skills, that's one family in 10 years we won't be helping. Mm-hmm. I think it goes beyond uh, just you know, kind of showing them affordability or lack thereof uh, with, with real life situations, but it's also teaching them to have attitudes of gratitude and teaching yeah. them um, coping mechanisms, how to communicate how they're feeling, you know, uh, all doing this in a, in a safe environment to where yeah. uh, their, their immediate needs are, are being met and they're, they're, uh, they're being watched over by, by people who genuinely care for them where they may otherwise not get that anywhere else. Yeah, it's a uh, wonderful offering. I didn't know that you guys were doing that, but yeah. then how does someone get plugged into that? Well, right now our program is full and we only have two more weeks of this. We only do it during the school year and then we also send kids to summer camp throughout the summer. But really paying attention to our Facebook page, we try and push out the information through there. Um, next year we'll be splitting this program to two days. Right now it's one really long day. <laughs> next year on Tuesdays will be our music, our arts and music program, and we'll pick up kids from school and they'll do, uh, we'll give them snacks, they'll do arts and music and they'll be picked up. And then on Wednesdays is what we call our Treehouse Kids. The whole principle of it is root, uh, built Uh, rooted in Christ and built for life Mm -hmm. so it is a faith-based program and um, that'll be each Wednesday we'll pick up kids from school Um, the signups will be probably the beginning of August starting for that and that night we'll provide dinner as well so that way it helps families to offset one meal each week that they don't have to worry about cooking or paying for and also it's at no cost to the families that's something that we've been very blessed with being able to do is do all this programming all this planning all this execution for these children and their parents at no cost yeah. Is there any needs that you are trying to trying to raise funds for? Anything that you are needing that people to? I mean, our big thing is summer camps coming up. It costs two hundred seventy-five dollars for us to send a kid to camp. So, the more kids we send, it's a week. They leave on Monday. They come back on Saturday. That's a week of parents not having to worry about mm-hmm. their kids being in a safe place, not have to worry about their kids' meals for that week, mm-hmm. and that can really help out a lot. Camp changed our lives. In fact, the camp that we take kids to, we met at, got married at. So not that, we're, not that we're trying to get yeah. anyone's kids, uh, you know, hooked up this <laughs> early in life, but uh, we, grew up, <laughs> we, we grew up going to camp. So uh, we know. I literally, my parents brought me home May 21st, and they sent me to this summer camp three weeks later when I was adopted at 10 years old. So uh, it, it really, truly helped me to break out of my shell and to make friends in a place that I had never been before and have my own creative outlets. So. Uh, that's the big thing and then of course we can always use snacks kid-friendly snacks for our, our programs for we do a week-long bbs throughout the summer so uh, like we said he said we try and keep everything free so nobody has to pay for anything and the more support from the community to offset some of those items that we need uh, the more kids that we're able to help serve Absolutely. yeah all righty well thank you all for joining us today and then um 
we'll have another episode hopefully in the next couple of weeks with somebody else that we haven't decided on who yet so <laughs> all righty well thank you all very much and thank um, you guys for having us yep we'll well actually when is our next meeting next week is it next week next wednesday well if if you're interested in being a part of that or want to be in the meetings um it's next uh, it's the last wednesday is, of every yeah. month there we go 9 a.m at the chamber boardroom there we go so hopefully see you there thank y'all